Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 1. Here's Pastor Ryan. My weakness, uh, you, you can sense a real strength coming on, even though we're tired on a Wednesday night and weak. You really sense a change in seeking the Lord. And maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you're just like, I really need a change in my walk with the Lord. It's not where it needs to be. The success of our life is in seeking the Lord. Jesus said, ask and, 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 and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. The Christian way of life is one of seeking the Lord. And I took a drive up there. I pulled over, took a walk with my Bible and just spent time in prayer and, and alone with the Lord. And all of us need that. Not just me, but you need it. You need a time uh, to get used to doing that. Seeking the Lord, pouring out your heart before Him, and in, in order to, to gain strength, in order to gain direction, in order to know where it is that we're even going. Amen? In verse 6, it says, um, or in verse 5, <clears throat> now the bronze altar that Be uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there, and Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. I mean, that to me is just a tremendous, you know, um, display of where Solomon is at this time. He loves God. He shows that he loves God by giving him a thousand bulls, right? And if you think of, of that, a thousand bulls, I mean, what is, how, how does that even work logistically? How do you get a thousand bulls uh, there? And then if you think about the, the hall, the process, the leading them up to uh, the priests, and, and then the, it's the killing and the sacrifice of these, of these uh, animals, and then the 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 roasting of them on the fire as a, as it just being fully dedicated to the lord it just must have been you know a huge huge task but it just shows his devotion to the lord that he was willing to sacrifice uh, so much uh, for the lord and it speaks to our sacrifice to the lord and our service to the lord and how you know, where is that tonight? Are we passionate about giving God our everything? Are we sacrificial for the Lord in our service, in our time, in, in everything that we do? Do we do, do all things unto the Lord and do we do them well? Do we have that kind of passion? And if not, where do we get it? Where do we get the passion? Where do we get the willingness to give? It's at the foot of the cross. It's spending time with the Lord. Lord, give me passion. Give me strength. Give me um, zealousness and passion for you. Where I'm willing to sacrifice anything and everything for your kingdom. And so um, we need to give God our best. And 
Giving God our best takes effort, right? Sacrifice, I mean, the word, what, is it, what does it mean but to give something that is, you know, that, that is costly, right? Something that costs you. And so uh, many Christians have the wrong idea about Christian service, about Christian giving, about Christian uh, sacrifices, that it should always like be easy and breezy and, and just no problem to do. But in reality, sacrifices are challenging because we're saying no to ourselves and rather pouring out our love for the Lord. So um, again, so it's just something to think about, pray about. And it says here that that night in verse seven, on that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, um, ask, what shall I give you? And so it's a beautiful thing here that at the end of that day, and it must have been a long day with all them bulls and all that sacrifice. But that night, God appeared to Solomon. And so there is a real reward in seeking the Lord. There is a real reward in sacrificing to him. God eventually will show up and speak to your life and bless your life. And, you know, that's a real blessing. It happens. It happens uh, all the time, really, for those who seek the Lord. There's a reward. There's a blessing. And God does speak. And I love that about the Christian faith, that God doesn't leave us without direction, without uh, hearing our prayers, answering prayers. It's relational, and God shows up when we sacrifice. So keep sacrificing. Keep serving the Lord, and he shows up eventually. Um, and so he says on that night, and, and it was not at nighttime when, when God appeared to him, which is also another sweet thing. It's at the end of the day. And, you know, uh, at the time where people are wrapping things up, out of all the times of the day, at the end of the day, that's when God shows up and speaks to him. And so uh, we know that there's a blessing for all of us who come into the house of the Lord, tired from the long day. It's, it's you know, midweek. It's like Wednesday hump day and so we're just you know looking forward to the weekend we're tired but to come in there's a real blessing to come to the house of the lord at night as tired as we are he comes blesses and meets us and so um you know i think of uh how many times god has shown up uh in my life in the in the night time you know because sometimes it's in the night when when there's darkness where the enemy, you know, can come and, and attack and, and try to mess with you, mess with your heart, mess with your mind. And it's beautiful to see God come through in the night. In Psalm 119, verse 148, it says, My eyes are awake through the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Like the psalmist says, like, I'm, a, I'm awake at night to seek your word. And so those times where... You know, it's, it's night and you're going through issues. Seek the Lord. He'll show up. And he said to him, what shall I give to you? And, uh, and Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. 
Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before his people. For who can judge uh, this people of yours? And so Solomon, what's cool about his response is he's asking God for knowledge and wisdom to help him with this great task that he has. That it's like it's a... It's way beyond any man to lead a whole nation. And so he's asking God uh, for help in that. And I love the detail because it's just him pouring out his heart. Like God asks him, what, what can I give you? And he goes, well, here's my problem. And that's, how, that's what prayer is. Prayer with the Lord is coming before him and, and telling him, this is my dilemma. These are my problems. These, this is what's hard in my life. And prayer is a means for God to help us in those things. And so he tells them the truth. He pours out his heart and he's asking uh, for help to be able to, uh, you know, lead God's people. And I like, you know, how he put it, you know, um, they're like the, the, the dust of, of the earth. You know, there there's just so many, there's so many people and he's overwhelmed. And so he brings it to God. And when we are overwhelmed, we go to the rock that is higher than, than us and ask him for help. Ask him for help. And then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked uh, riches or, or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you nor shall any after you, um, after you have the like. And so God responds favorably. God is blessed that Solomon's request for him was not a selfish request. It wasn't, you know, for personal prosperity. It wasn't for long life. It wasn't for, you know, for his enemies to, 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 to be given to his hand. It wasn't for, for, for riches. It wasn't for honor. What was it for? It was for God that I would do a good job for you in taking care of your people. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. We are at a good, mature place as Christians when we, when our prayers look more like that rather than, oh, I need money or I need this or I need long life or I need that relationship to work or I need to kind of, you know, these possessions or that possessions or that thing. It, it, they're better. We're in a better place mature-wise when we say, Lord, help me to do a good job with what you've placed in my hands. Give me understanding, give me knowledge and wisdom so that I do a good job with what you have me doing. That's a good place to be. And, you know, it goes back to what Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. You know, God worries about, God doesn't worry, God cares about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, where we're going to live, who we're going to marry, who we're going to, where we're going to work. He cares about all of that stuff. But our prayers should be directed with, Lord, just give me wisdom and understanding and knowledge to do a good job with where, what you have me to do. 
and and he blesses that being faithful in the little things and so we see here just him being tremendously uh blessed at solomon's request and he says wisdom and knowledge you have it and solomon is so wise you read the song i mean the the proverbs and and we're told that wisdom is the principal thing like get wisdom get understanding that that in all of our searching and all of our getting it should be that we get understanding and wisdom of god it's more precious than gold it's more precious than silver rubies there's nothing that can compare to the wisdom and the knowledge of god so keep growing in the grace and knowledge of god keep seeking his word and your life will be blessed it, it, it is it is you know, the result of seeking God's word every single day and growing and, and searching the scriptures, the result of that is a blessed life. There is no other way of putting it. it, 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 it the study of God's word, it, it protects us, it guards us, it, 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 it defends us, it helps us to stand, it helps us not to fear. I mean, there's so much about the wisdom of God's word in our lives. It just, it's the remedy to everything for the Christian. So if a, a person is not in the word of God, they're not growing. They will never grow. A Christian who does not read the Bible will never grow. They won't know what they're doing. And it's not God's fault. It's not a Christian. Christianity is not the problem. The problem is they don't want to read the Bible. Who knows Why? But, the, but Solomon would, would, would exhort and exhort and exhort the word, the word, the word, the wisdom, the understanding of God. It'll bless your life. It'll give you length of days. It'll give you joy. It'll give you, uh, you know, you'll be able to contend against the wicked. You'll be able to stand strong. Your house will be blessed. He says that, you know, the, the, the curse of the Lord is on the house of the, of the wicked, but he, he blesses the home of the just. There's so many promises from the knowledge of God that your life will be blessed. So we kind of like have one job to do is like read this book a lot. <laughs> read it, study it, uh, meditate on it more and more and more and more. It'll be evident. It'll be evident. The blessings will, will, will come. Verse 13, so Solomon came to Jerusalem from the high place that was at Gibeon from before the tabernacle of meeting and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered uh, uh, chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities and with the king in Jerusalem. Also the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. And he made cedars as abundant as the sycamores, which are in the lowland. And Solomon had horses imported from Egypt and Keva. The king's merchants uh, bought them in Keva uh, at the current price. They also acquired and imported from Egypt a chariot for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. Thus, through their agents, they exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria. So we see here that Solomon prospered exceedingly. God blessed them. Chariots, horses, he was, you know, gathering them all up, you know, uh, um, 
taking care of, of Jerusalem, taking care of his territory, making sure that it was safe uh, with these chariots, but also he was uh, uh, importing them out. So he would, you know, from Egypt, uh, receive chariots, uh, you know, trick them out or whatever, and then just send them out and export them. And so uh, the kingdom of Judah was just, you know, or Israel was prospering exceedingly and were to the extent where that silver was as common as the stones on the ground in Jerusalem. So that just tells you that, you know, a nation that fears the Lord is blessed. I see this concept concept biblically and I have a biblical worldview and how can I not believe that today it's the same thing? That a nation who fears the Lord will be blessed and a nation that doesn't fear the Lord is going to struggle, is going gonna, is gonna to have problems. And that's why we're praying for our nation. That's why what's going on in our country is so important. I mean, you know the story. You know, we were all, you know, from one political party, kind of like by birth or by religion, we ended up, you know, or by culture, we just were one way. You know, I know that, that uh, you know, uh, before I came to know Jesus Christ, you know, it's like everybody I knew voted one way. Everybody, everyone thought one way. Uh, but then you start reading the scriptures and that becomes undone because you start learning what God's uh, morals are, his precepts. What does he have to think? What does he have to say about marriage? You know, Jesus, is it okay if a man divorces his wife? And he said, in the beginning, God created the male and female. So right there, Jesus addresses all the issues of, uh, of gender and homosexuality. It's male and female is how God made it and originated. And so uh, the scriptures are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Lord is the same. And so it changed the way I thought. It changed my, my politics. I think there's corrupt politicians on both sides, but we look at the at the policies we look at what's going on in our country and and we have to be salt and light and 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 do our best to stand against corruption stand against immorality in our country uh, because our our children our grandchildren they're all that we all have to live here until the lord takes us out of here and we we have to fight if we don't fight this place would 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 be completely unrecognizable so what's happening in our country is amazing. Like this thing that's taking place. I mean, abortion is just such a stain on our country. Um, I, I just don't have the words. It's completely complete wickedness. And 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 there's. It's not just that. There's so much wickedness in our country. Where 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 we you know commercially, we we you know we help the world be more corrupt more perverse and so um we got to keep praying because we see solomon's kingdom being blessed because he loved god and 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 we're never going to have you know the perfect guy in office but uh, i remember you know the the day that uh president trump got got inaugurated and now it just started raining in D.C. And it started raining in California. I think it rained in California for like a month straight. And we've been in a drought. Some of the things that he did right away, like day one. Day one, meaning like he won. And, you know, they're having the ball that night. He's signing 
you know, anti-abortion stuff like immediately. Immediately. You see what I'm saying? President Obama, um, he lit the White House in the, the gay colors. Like biblically, do you know what that is? That's like suicide for the country. You know what I mean? That's like, when that happened, I'm like, wow. Wow. Like that, you know, don't, don't you fear God? Like, like God's fake or something. Like he's not going to judge the world. And, and there was famine and there was uh, just divisiveness and craziness. And then God puts in this blonde hair madman, but he... But the policies, guys, were so more aligned with the Bible that, you know, that's why we went that route. But people don't know why the church goes that route. We go that route because of the policies. Because God says to teach these morals to our children and to their children, to teach them about God, to teach them what's right and what's wrong. And it's not just homosexuality, it's fornication. It's having sex before marriage. You know, it's all of, all of that. All of the sins. They're, they're, they're there. They should direct how we live. They should direct um, how we vote. And, um, and if they don't, then what do you have? Why, why, did, why, are you, why are we even alive? We're alive to be salt and light. And he says to go out and make disciples of all nations. You know, you cannot make a disciple without telling them that he has to or she has to repent of their sins. There, there's no way they can become a Christian unless they admit that they've been wrong. And, and then they can accept forgiveness and, and be saved. So um, I see Solomon being blessed like that. I mean, our kind, <laughs> I mean, even leftists and. And liberals are all like, man, they had it good those year, those four years. Financially, things got better for the whole country. And, uh, you know, like hadn't been seen in years. So you see Solomon being blessed. And I tell you, it does depend. That's why we vote, because it depends. If you get somebody in there that, that you know, uh, is trying to seek God and making decisions that are, more biblically based, my goodness, that's a miracle. And that's, you know, yeah, just people were blessed. Blessed. Yeah, people went crazy, but they, why do they go crazy? Because they just don't know the Bible. They just don't know God and how much God loves them. And how God hates the shedding of innocent blood. They don't know that God says, by the way, there's a big, there's a devil out there that is deceiving the whole world. And so we who know better, you know, speak better, hopefully, and stand better because we know better. And, and the blessings come. And this is never going to be heaven on earth. America will never. America is on its way down. But what we see is maybe a reprieve. Maybe, maybe Lord, put the pause button on our destruction and give, give more time for people to get saved. And... Save some babies while we're at it. Father, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. And just thank you so much that you're a good God, a good Father. That you don't condemn people, Lord. 
but you love us enough to tell us the truth. And so, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, uh, that your truth would reign in our hearts, that your truth would go forth from this place and touch other people to know the truth. And while all heads are bowed, if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus Christ into your heart and God has spoken to your heart, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer to invite him to come into your heart and forgive you of all your sins. Jesus said that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny me before men, then I will deny you before my Father in heaven. He said, if there's anyone who's ashamed of me or my words, so will the Son of Man be ashamed of them. So if God has spoken to you and you're ready to take that, that step of faith, please raise your hand and have all of your sins forgiven. Everything you've ever done washed away. Is there anyone here? Thank you Amen. for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.